I'm recording. Well, I'm recording too. Copycat. I know. Can't help it. I have no mind of my own. Mm-hmm. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 498. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And right out of the gate, I want to wish a happy birthday to our friend Effie Op Elders. She can be heard on every opening of our show or mm. on her own fantastic podcast, Stealing the Remote. And of course, our own Jason Goss had a birthday on the 29th. How'd that go for you, sir? Swimmingly. Swimmingly. Mm-hmm. You went swimming? I actually did. That was cool. But the day before. No, the actual day itself, very, oh. very laid back. We did next to nothing. It was fantastic. It's the best kind of day. Yeah. Yeah, that was solid. Well, you know, congratulations on not dying for another year. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, like... That would seem facetious, but uh, 34 uh, isn't that old, but it's old enough to start appreciating that comment a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple months, I'm going to be hitting 35, so. Yeah. I mean, you're basically done. Like, every day I wake up and I go, why? <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that look on your face. Like, you <laughs> literally wake up and, and like, if I was guessing the dialogue, it's like, well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like I wake up, I go, oh, why? I guess I'll see what Twitter's pissed off about today. Yeah. <laughs> My- I don't have any anything near as active as well. Like the first twenty, at least twenty, sometimes thirty minutes of my day are pure routine. Like, mm-hmm. like if I didn't, I, like it's a wonder I can even drive. Like seriously, one of my first thoughts early in the morning is basically in the middle of the interstate, and it's roughly where am I? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay, good. I'm going in the right direction. I won't be late. Right. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the, all right. No lie. Last week. I thought to myself, that's a really big truck. Oh, I'm getting near it. And like, uh-huh. veered the car back over and went, I should pay attention. Yeah. Yep. There's anyway. no thought. I'm incapable of it. <laughs> All right, guys. If you'd like to be featured on our 500th episode, I do want to remind you, if, you, if you're if you looking to throw us good tidings, well wishes, be sure to leave us a voicemail at 205-259-6331. Dude, our, this is episode 498. Our 500th episode is coming up like week after next. Oh, it's nigh. It's nigh. Not Bill, nigh. It's a different spelling. But there is a science behind that is, it. That is nay the nigh. <laughs> and before we jump into the show officially, I'd like to invite you all to come join the DC On Screen podcast group on Facebook. You can join by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash DC On Screen podcast. And request to join. It's not terribly active right now. I do hope we eventually get to the point of, you know, having multiple people posting, starting conversations. I'm very excited, actually. I think we got a bit of a spitfire on our hands. Cool. We got a a request from a guy. Mm -hmm. And we have a questionnaire up for everyone who wants to join. 
has to fill out this little question. I guess they don't have to fill out the questionnaire. I've seen people, you know, only fill out a couple of questions. But um, it's just for our own edification and also for answers like this guy gave. Uh, Michael Kennedy, we asked, why do you want to become a member of our group? He says, I would like to interact with y'all and fans of the show. Really, guys? Really? I got to go through all this? Me being a fan and from Alabama should grant me access and special treatment. Scratch the special treatment. That could be taken dirty. <laughs> I had you pinned at y'all. <laughs> right? I Hey, that I, it's exciting to me to, to get fans from Alabama. Yeah. Because, like, Helena's, like, what, like 35, 40 minutes away from me? Yeah, probably. Dude, let's barbecue, dude. Yeah, sure. Let's, <laughs> let's get a grill going. There's still time. <laughs> there is. There is. All right. You just, I just, Michael. I think I just heard a moment where you realized it was still going to be hot for another two months. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I just heard you cringe, realizing, oh, God, it won't be chill until um, halfway through December, September. Oh, it wasn't so much about the heat as it was about my grass growing. Oh, yeah, that you'll still have to do that for another probably um, two and a half. Yeah, I'm on a really steep hill, so I just, I don't, I hate doing it. I hate okay. cutting the grass. Um, but yeah, dude, Michael Kennedy, welcome to the group. I'll probably put up a little official thing on the group at some point soon. Yeah, but um, I usually get around to that. I usually get around to it. Facebook makes it easy. They tell they give me a button, mm-hmm. and I just press it and then post it. But you know, seriously, welcome, dude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Stand all up. right, let's 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 jump into all this crap. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm really selling it. Really, yeah. Don't. <laughs> Don't profess too much judgment about the supposed news before we get started, I guess. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, there's a little bit... Of, uh, there is some actual news here, but I, I just want to reiterate. Don't trust everybody you read on the internet. Revenge of the Fans, earlier this week, they put out a uh, a little report saying that they're looking for... Warner Brothers is looking for a Bruce who's 15 to 20 years younger. Uh, he's meant to be 25 to 30 years old and the Matt Reeves story, and that they're going to be doing Frank Miller's year one, essentially. And, um, you know, so I'm, I had already started doing prep for the show. I'm like, you know, do we really need, must there be a Batman Begins again? Mm-hmm. Um, Batman Rebegins. <laughs> we, right. We've seen Batman Begins. We've seen the Batman animated beginner. version of year one. Beginners? Ba- the, honestly, the, the, yeah, <laughs> the animated version of year one is fantastic. The uh, even '89 Batman had a Batman who was just starting out. Mm-hmm. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm flashes back, shows us a Batman who's just starting out. I'm not excited for that. Uh, do we really need more Batman starting out? I definitely don't need more of Batman Year One. Everyone talks about Hush being this brilliant introduction to the to the villains. I would honestly for that Long Halloween. If we want to, if we have to see Batman in his early years, Long Halloween, Dark Victory as a follow up, that would be fantastic in my mind. Yeah, so um, it's a lot of story, but yeah, it can it could be fun. Yeah, or they could just put those two stories up into a trilogy. Whatever. Go. Cool. Yeah. Um, now Matt Reeves though was uh, talking about as he was at the TCA, the uh, Television Critics Association, and he was talking about his show, uh, The Passage, on Fox, and they kind of got into some of the uh, Batman stuff. And we found out some some stuff that completely, in a lot of ways, negates what they were talking about with year one. Uh, apparently, they are looking on getting their draft in the next couple of weeks. Um, he says right now he's t- his head is totally into the script. Like, he was literally leaving there to go back to work on the script. Mm-hmm. That cracked me up. And, and that they're looking like if you to will start shut production. Up for a minute, I have work to do. 
<laughs> yeah, you can just stop asking me questions. I'm going to go do this thing. Right. Um, he's talking about starting production in the in the spring or early summer, something like that. He says the rumors of Affleck being retired from Batman is is exaggerated. He says he is still speaking with Affleck. He wasn't willing to say who was actually playing Batman, if it was going to be Affleck or anybody else. He says, there are ways in which all of this connects to DC, to the DC universe as well. We're one piece of many pieces, so I don't want to comment on that, except to say that I'm focused very specifically on this aspect of the DC world. Um, He does say it is not year one. We're not doing any particular comic. Year one is one of my favorite comics uh, that I love. We're definitely not doing year one. It's just exciting to be focused very specifically on a tale that is defining for him and very personal to him. Obviously, we're not doing an origin tale or anything like that. We're doing a story that is definitively Batman through, uh, though, and trying to tell a story that's emotional and yet is really about him being the world's greatest detective and all the things that, for me as a kid, uh, made me love Batman. Honestly, he also says, the only piece mm-hmm. of news in there, like mm-hmm. compared to where we were a year ago, is I, mm-hmm. I expect to have the script ready in a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Like that he's that been bit about the, the world's greatest the detective whole time. and all that, the exact same. Yeah, all of the all of the folder all of the last the year hubbub. has Hullabaloo. resulted has Rick resulted in has resulted in nothing but yeah. So it's probably spring or summer. Yeah. <laughs> Like probably a uh, second yeah. quarter twenty twenty release, whatever. Yeah. He even goes on, he says, you know, noir driven definitive Batman story, takes us out into the world of Gotham. Yep. That's, I he could said all that before. Like some of that it some of it feels near verbatim. The only thing the the, the only thing that we, we the the most important thing to me is the production date and that bat and that Affleck I almost called him Batman. You see where my heart's at. <laughs> He's still talking to Affleck. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Affleck will be a producer on this no matter what happens, though. Yeah, because he was well. Some such an early some part people of were it. saying he might. Some people were saying he might bookend it. You know, like I remember when, and then we fade back to like I don't know. That's that's actually what I took away. Not so much a bookend, but at least it, it might be a, <laughs> a story in two times. I I mean, yeah. it, even if it is flashbacks, it, all right. It, I don't care. It was it was not an off talked about thing. Like as soon as. They mentioned there might be a younger Batman. Everyone went, "Oh my God, Ryan Gosling!" And who the hell's Ben Affleck? Like it was, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this it, it could all still it could all still work together. I didn't know what he yeah. meant by like it's uh, part of DC and the DC universe. Like what, as opposed to he doesn't know. Uh, that just sounds like he doesn't know the term DC extended universe. Yeah, maybe that's just what it sounds like to me. He hasn't seen the recent press notifications about. Oh, you should call it this now. Or, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have a preferred? Do you have a preferred uh, method of doing like a beginning Batman run or whatever, like, or what an origin movie should look like? Me? Not even an origin story, but like a solo movie. Yeah, you. Like, I'm not talking about how would I? <laughs> little of me. I. I should ask. <laughs> little you. Do you mean a preferred origin story or preferred how I would like to see this movie? Yeah, like how do you? How would you like to see this movie? A solo movie. I like the way he's talking about it. I mean, it would okay. be. It'd be nice to see. Uh, I, I do get it. Like I like the idea of him doing kind of a like, like the production style they're using for the Joker standalone. Mm-hmm. I think would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Keep it quiet, simple, down to earth. Like I like this whole noir, uh, world's greatest detective thing. I've, I've been digging yeah. that since he was talking about it for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I would like, it, like I'm I'm comforted to hear that's not year one. I would love it to be like year three. Like he's yeah. still learning, but he's really getting his groove as the world's greatest detective. And whatever it is that's out there, uh, like. Throws him like a new one, like mm-hmm. like you. We get out and we meet some parts of of Gotham that 
we haven't seen before. But I do like the idea that he's maybe really getting his feet planted and starting to feel maybe a little comfortable, and then something takes him out of his game. Yeah. I, I like that. I don't – yeah, see, I would like – I would love to see, like, flashbacks probably to, like, something older. Like, maybe it's an old case that he's, like, has kind of come back. But I would just – I would love for the primary uh, – I would love for the primary version of Batman in the movie to be the Ben Affleck Batman. I would love to see that, you know, BVS slash Justice League present-day Batman mm-hmm. and, like, have little dips into, like, hey, I'm going to go over here and talk to Nightwing. I'm going to go over here and talk to Tim or whoever, you know. I mean, you could build – And just sort of, like – quietly sort of like not in a big way just like just like the arkham games did where you just like you talk to robin for a minute Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't have to have him in the whole movie or you stop and talk to anarchy for like 45 minutes yeah (laughs) no not like that That was a weird conversation anyway the i I wouldn't i would kind of like it to be split pretty much down the middle i guess like i i if they're if they're gonna do young batman versus this that'd be that'd be great but they don't Mm necessarily me ideally I wouldn't necessarily want it to be a flashback thing. And yeah. if we're going to include a young Batman and, and the, the nitty-gritty of uh, him getting to know the, the streets in like some new capacity, which I do hope for, uh, mm-hmm. I would want to – I'd want to tell that story and let it serve the story well. So like I'd like it to have somewhere in like at least 40% screen time for each version, mm-hmm. maybe. Keep it keep it pretty middling. And then um, – yeah. I mean, I don't uh, – God, I don't want to lose Batflake at all. But it would be nice to see. Uh, you, it's a common thing. You have – you know, some common problem that's solved in, in two times at once. Or maybe it's like something he never quite got his head around early and now he gets it around now. And maybe right. it's just a problem that he created earlier on that now he's got to solve. Something like that. Any of that. Yeah. All of that's doable. Don't know why he has planned that. Yeah. Me either. I, you know, obviously. I just really hope uh, hope it's good. Yeah. I do know he I has hope apparently they don't... planned the same thing he had planned a year ago, you internet jackasses. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm really glad because I don't want there to be, like, I hate when they're like, oh, they're doing year one. Oh, they're doing Hush. Mm-hmm. They're doing Under the Red Hood. No, they're not. And you're putting an expectation in people's mind. And then fans of that book are going to be pissed when they don't do, just like when they, with BVS, they kept saying, oh, they're just doing Dark Knight Returns. We kept telling you, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's part of the splintering process we've seen with the uh, mm-hmm. DC fandom. I mean, it yeah. really is. Now, um, part of it, though, has got to be like, I I swear, some of the Elseworld tales in, in DC's actual print history mm-hmm. are so damn provocative and iconic, but they are they are still kind of Elseworld tales. Yeah. So it, Dark Knight Returns is one of those, yeah. really. Yeah. Even though they're, it's not called Elseworlds, it is an Elseworlds tale, pretty much. Yeah. But it's out of, like, numbered continuity. It doesn't necessarily, and, you know. Say what you will about numbered continuity, but it, it, uh, there's a reason you call it an Elseworlds tale sometimes. But the point is, some of that is so iconic that I, as soon as you mention one of those things, like it, we get mm-hmm. so attached to it. Oh God, it it, it uh, it's frustrating. I mean, if you if some quack scooper piece of shit tried to tell me tomorrow, like <laughs> there was a Man of Steel two is going to be based around like All Star All Star Superman or something, I would lose my shit. Uh-huh. I would a little bit lose my shit. Yeah. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it either, but I would hope for it. Even if I like, I know better than to believe it. And I would still be like, oh, God, I hope that's true. And then if it wasn't later, there'd still be a tiny little piece of me that just went, oh, man, I guess I did know. And now I'm I mean, disappointed would... about real news, about a real movie that I should be excited about. If they did do an all-star Superman movie, they would just do it like the animated film. We were, I was just talking to this guy, Brent, last night about um, 
how the movie was really good, but we still were like, yeah, miss, I missed the Bizarro World segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's going to be that. Right, like, take Birthright. It has no real representation anywhere. Still okay. a fine thing. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Love to see it represented yeah. anywhere. You t- it, anywhere. Like, that that would make it a, like, a, a great DCAU, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, if you... Any of these examples, you took one of them and just said, hey, this is going to be Man of Steel 2. And then even if what you told me, even take the two examples I just I was just offered, and you, I thought it was going to be All-Star Superman, and then they come out and say it's going to be based a little bit around Birthright. I'm still going to mourn a little bit for All-Star Superman, mm, even though yeah. I'm excited about Birthright. Well, that, that's just a, that's a shitty place to put a fan. Mm-hmm. It, that's it's one of the reasons I resent the, the clickbait so much, man. And apparently some people just never, they never learn. They just see anything and go oh that's what they're doing yeah it's it's a it's a problem of like not quite looking at your sources and honestly there's there's a time factor involved you see something it's just enough of an answer to a question you might have vaguely had time to ask yourself and you know the casual observer just kind of goes oh okay well i guess that's that and moves on Mm -hmm. because people have (laughs) stopped using question marks at the end of stuff and made declarative statements headlines when they should not yeah well you know it's a bad writer bad they love writing, it's official. Yeah. No, no, it very much is not. No, someone overheard something at a coffee shop. That That's what you just <laughs> wrote about. Like literally uh, a barista breaking something to an online scooper and, and it's official now. Well, I'm going to move over to Wonder Woman 1984 real quick. Mm-hmm. And I do mean real quick. <laughs> uh, Patty Jenkins posted this picture of, of Pedro Pascal in, in Wonder Woman 84. And, um... I don't I don't know what to think about this dude, man. I, he's he's got like the the three piece suit. He looks oh man. Okay, so people on the internet are saying that he they think he's playing Maxwell Lord. We don't we don't know we don't know who he's playing. It was my first thought too, though. Yeah, and you know in the comics he he funded co funded the Justice League and they wound up being a bad guy. Um, I have two thoughts. When I saw what people were guessing, I couldn't help but think, yeah, because that worked out so well with Superman and Zod. Because exactly. if you read the comics, if you read the comics, you know Wonder Woman winds up lassoing Max's head and snaps his neck on national television. On national television. But looking at the picture, what he reminds me of more than anything is Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor from Dick Donner's Superman, a film that I love, but I really do wish people would stop leaning on that so much. Yeah, you can do you can do fun and hopeful without emulating Dick Donner. Yeah, I agree. I know Patty Jenkins doesn't believe that. <laughs> That's all she said, talked about when she was doing Wonder Woman. It's like, oh, we're going back to like the the tone and the style of the Superman. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, and I'm not even opposed to it necessarily, but man, I mean the the main part of the Wonder Woman movie that I had a problem with the. We're the mustache twirling villains, and that's straight out of Dick Donner's Superman. Yeah, that that's yeah that that part I agree with. I don't even disagree that you can use the tone, but it should there should be some. I mean, God, how many years has that been now? Almost forty, forty, something like that. <laughs> yeah, we should have learned something about storytelling in half a century. Mm-hmm. I get using the tone, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it we really should change something. And the more and more you look at that guy, it doesn't look like a Maxwell Lord, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> like I saw, it just looks saying, like a, a guy in a very cheap wig. Yeah, like can it's, you imagine it's more because they're anything, right? Yeah, a little bit. But can can you imagine being like the costume designer on this, where like you keep bringing in really nice, really like really good looking 
uh, toupees for this for this guy, and Patty just keeps saying, "No, make it look shittier." God, we're in the eighties, yeah. and this is apparently like a, a picture from a TV set. It needs to even glisten in weird ways. Like it, mm-hmm. it needs to have that cheap eighties look. I just wish I could be there to like say, "Patty, remember Superman Returns, please." Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> remember where all this ended. <laughs> all that hope. All that hope and well-worn spandex. <laughs> Speaking of spandex. I don't know where you're star, segueing, but go for it. Glow star Mark Marin, comedian, podcaster of WTF. Mark Marin oh. is apparently going to be in the Joker movies and talks to play uh, an agent working in or around the this Robert De Niro talk show that's going to wind up being the catalyst for... Joker's eventual change. Joaquin Phoenix's eventual change. I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, about I, I hope he gets it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want Mark Maron in that movie. Yeah. And I, it's exciting because like they're they're really playing into the idea that he was a stand-up comedian. I feel like because they're like casting comedians now. They're like Brian Callen has been cast. Like comedian actor Brian Callen says, "I'm doing the Joker. I was offered a part. That'll be fun, but I think it's only a couple of days." Uh, then he says, play an aging dancer stripper. I don't want to go into details. I can't, I can't go into details, but just know it's going to be good. And I hope my psoriasis is flaring because that'll be very funny. <laughs> I'll be in a speedo. I can't wait. Fantastic. But yeah, I, I like that they're kind of moving towards, uh, grabbing comedians for this thing. Yeah. If that's where they're heading for with I, the, with the Joker. I have to admit origin. as, as a comedy nerd, I feel like they would have good insight. Mm-hmm. And on top of that. All right, Mark Maron apparently has some serious acting chops. It I don't know how, yeah. I don't know what he might have been able to do in his twenties. I, I just know that apparently somewhere in his fifties, someone put a camera on him and it and it worked. Uh-huh. And what cracks me up is they kind of like I mean I guess I do know what he would have done. Like, because he wasn't almost famous as the venue manager. Yeah. Uh, you know, the infamous now or famous now, I guess. Lock the gate. Lock the gate. Um he he does seem to get cast. Like he really is typecast as like kind of a, a sleazy or <laughs> shitty manager of something uh-huh. right yeah so i feel like if he does get cast in this he's getting killed i'm just gonna Maybe. i'm just gonna go ahead and bet that a little bit just man probably but i also want to see him do it and he does really well mm-hmm. with that role for someone who has never d- this is the thing that cracks me up about mark maron playing that role in such a like a, a stereotypically wonderful way he has been so bad at managing his own career yeah. Like, he's such a terrible actual manager. He, I mean, I'm not judging him. I'm taking this from his own firsthand word. Like, he, he's he splayed it out for me, and I kind of thought, yeah, that was a terrible decision. Like, yeah, I feel like he's either managed himself so poorly and also based on stories that I've, that, you know, I hear him tell, that he's been screwed over by several people like this. Yes. Yeah, I think that's maybe why he knows it so well. But, oh, God, it, it like, the irony of that alone cracks me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's why he plays it so well. Is like that's the like he has that like cartoonish personification in his head. Maybe like that's just a like this being that's sitting on his left shoulder the whole time. Maybe that's why he does it so well. I don't know, but he can play with some damn heart now, man. Glow is really so good. It is. It's really good. So uh, over to Shazam. Mark Hughes of Forbes is saying uh, that the Superman cameo in Shazam didn't work out. He says, maybe that'll change and they'll be able to film something. There's still a lot of time before it comes out, but as of right now, there's no Superman in Shazam, and there's no movement on a Superman solo movie. All of that is sad news. That is. I want nothing more than to see Cavill back in the saddle, man. No, no. Me too. I'm sure I want something more than that. 
regarding the conversation, Cavill yeah. back in the saddle, you want nothing more right. than Cavill back in the saddle. Exactly. Outside of that, you know, Ambush Bug, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, several things. Several things. Uh, better <laughs> retirement plan. <laughs> Absolutely. Paid off house. You know, stuff like that. But outside of all mm-hmm. that, definitely uh-huh. him back in the suit. I do miss him. Mm-hmm. I do really miss him. Outside of that, a burrito. Yeah. Okay, so top of mind burrito, then Henry Cavill playing Superman again. Eh, burrito, maybe a soda. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty nice. We can, um, we can combine that to uh, good Mexican dinner, then uh-huh. Henry Cavill back in the saddle. Sure, sure. Or combine those. You eating a solid Mexican dinner while watching Henry Cavill play Superman. Maybe. Well, that's a dream, I think. Um, <laughs> all right, well, I, I'm, I'm going to move on. I think you should. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, it doesn't really matter, but it's kind of interesting. And this is where uh, me and Zack Snyder are going to part ways on our opinion here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> over on Vero, he can, Zack Snyder confirmed that the dead Robin, according to him, was Richard, which means Dick Grayson. Uh, that lends total credence to the reports we had a couple years ago that there were pictures of a gravestone that had Richard Grayson's name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was asked if Dick would ever return. Snyder told the fans on Vero that, according to his plan, he would have stayed dead and Robin would be off the board until Carrie. So that says to me, since Snyder confirmed that his arc was supposed to be five films long, that he was <clears throat> that he was planning on bringing Carrie Kelly within the next couple of films. Isn't that what it sounds like to you? It does. I'm not sure I'm uh, off board exactly. I think I'm off board because I'm starting to see like a pattern. Like you look at Jimmy Jimmy Olsen, the death of Jimmy Olsen in BVS Ultimate Edition. Now the death of Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. I could understand Jimmy to some degree, but Dick Grayson is a hugely popular character. You could spin off that character into his own franchise, Nightwing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have him in Titans. Like, There's a lot of mileage to get out of Dick Grayson, and he's absolutely beloved. Why would you kill Dick Grayson? I, I mean... like That makes no sense. He also doesn't like and then, Manhunter. I, I don't know. And, There's and then certain to say, characters just don't you know, resonate with him. And then to say, you know, well, that was David Goyer, but... Oh, what's, oh And then to right. say, like... Carrie Kelly, I mean, Carrie Kelly's awesome, but again, Dark Knight Returns, while iconic, is such an Elseworlds top. I mean, yeah, they brought her into the main continuity, but dude, people love Tim Drake. We love Jason Todd as the Red Hood. We, and you can go online and see all these people like begging for some iteration of these characters to be on screen. And he's just like, nope. <laughs> you know, it just, yeah. it feels a little weird. Yes, I want to see the Snyder Cut. Yeah, I want to see what he would have done. I would love to see what he would have done. Same time, it's like I'm starting to feel like this was, you know, an untenable version of the universe. I don't like, think he untenable wanna... at all. I mean, uh, the high water mark of what you might be talking about might be the Nightwing movie that is still kind of stalled right now. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. It's it's just it's, chilling. It's just especially with Chris McKay deleting his Twitter. Who knows? Ah, he'll be fine. But <laughs> I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Nightwing. I mean, I don't know, but I don't. I... That's been on stall for a minute, and like I know, oh, no. I know at Comic Con they didn't release a slate, and I, I actually, I respect that, I respect that a lot. Yeah, that I'm has fine, not worked out care. for them, traditionally. No, it hasn't, and they're still, no, they're not. still working some stuff out. So yeah, just talk mm-hmm. about what you know is happening, what you're excited about, and move on. 
that was the right formula. Mm-hmm. That was a good call. But all right, let's so like uh, maybe a Teen Titans. Yeah. Um, I I would even argue that's a little oversaturated right now. Um, well, Teen Titans is go now. just hit. Teen Titans or Titans is happening. It is now. But again, go back a few years. You would have to kind of set that up, kind of keep yeah. going. Like they weren't necessarily willing to do that. But when TV and uh, I guess the Teen Titans Go movie was that's a no brainer. The way you can do that without having to worry about other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that may have just been a lot to take on at the moment. Sure. And especially because the universe has been facing uh, some turmoil for quite some time. Uh, it might have felt like a lot to take on. I, I'm not saying I could even, he should have taken it on. I'm saying he shouldn't have put it why to, de- de- to, why, to bed. You know? Yeah. Why take Why take characters off the table completely? Leave it open so and no one like, else can play with them. Yeah, I get that. I'm going to agree with you. They're just destroying, you know, wildly popular iterations of these characters, especially taking uh, spinoff characters from the Bat Family off the table. Like DC keeps publishing. Bat Family character solo titles because they sell. Because they're doing fine, yeah. Um, <laughs> they have fans. Yeah, I get it. And actually, I, would, I, I can't remember when Nightwing is, was announced uh, in regards to when Snyder uh, Going Away was announced. But mm-hmm. maybe those are related. I don't know. I, I'm it, saying it's it not canon, though. Because he's out. It's not canon. No, they never it's definitely not canon at all. Like they actively made it canon. Like I'm kind of wondering. I just don't remember the timeline now. If they announced Nightwing afterward or before, maybe they announced it before and just said no, cut that scene. It's not going to work. Or maybe they announced it afterward. Like yeah, he's gone now. We can do this and try it. I don't yeah. know. I don't remember. I just don't. But the one thing, like Dick Grayson, I, I agree. That's a little bit of a why would you do that, Jimmy Olsen? Mm-hmm. That one at least. And in the same way, like you, you weren't going to make a franchise out of them, and it was something you were going to have to talk about and explain, and you needed a lot of screen time to explain this whole friggin' universe. Um, mm-hmm. I did think it was a little brutal, but mm-hmm. in a in a storytelling kind of time management aspect, I, I kind of get it from that angle because that is just yeah. definitively done, and we don't have to talk about it anymore, and we can move on to the rest of the story and the rest of the universe and explore characters more more in depth, you know. But we'll say this: Jason Todd, and even if uh, if no, I don't think anyone wants a Damian Wayne movie. But if uh, they a Damian Wayne, uh, Damian <laughs> Wayne, Damian Wayans, <laughs> Damian Wayne. Yeah, that's what I tried to say. <laughs> I know. I just saw Damian Wayans in my head. I mean, they don't want that either. That's clear. Hated it. That, I want. That's it. clear. But no one wants that. I mean, I'm sure people want that. I'm sorry, but uh, there, I'm absolutely certain some people want him included somewhere. I would love to see a Super Sons. I know that actually would be fantastic. But movie point is like <laughs> if you deal with with him or with Jason Todd, you have to deal with the murder aspect again. And I think he just didn't want to have that conversation again. If he uh-huh. if he either killed off or just completely abandoned those characters, I get it just from that part that you didn't want to have mm-hmm. the murder conversation again. Yeah, because. Uh, it's, that that was like an I ongoing suspect, conversation he was going to have over several movies. I suspect that was something Warner's told him to trim the hedges on before he even got it shot properly. Like I think they were like, "Dude, you're not killing Dick Grayson." I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that one really wouldn't surprise me. Like I, I mean, I like your argument. There's a lot of runway there. Why why get rid of it? I don't understand. That's it doesn't make sense. And all anyway. that being said, I have no problem with Kelly. Fine. No, I don't, I don't have a problem with Carrie Kelly. I'm just saying there are a lot of Carrie, sorry. a lot of Robins to just you know overlook that are all hugely popular. There are. Anyway, even poor Tiny Tim. Yeah. Anyway, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was over on MTV talking about uh, Flashpoint. 
And he says, when Zack Snyder was involved with the DC Universe more, I think there was a real possibility. Morgan said that, uh, he says, now there's now that he's kind of stepped away a little bit, Snyder, I've heard different things that Flashpoint might not be going in that direction. It will be more of an origin story for Flash. We've heard that too. Um, we've reported on it. I wouldn't say it's absolutely dead, though, because if Wonder Woman is huge, I mean, well, Wonder Woman was huge. If Aquaman is huge as well, though, mm-hmm. and then they get Flash done, and it goes well, I mean, it it may be how they bring in a new present-day Bats. It may be how they bring Superman back. It might be, I mean, they could do it very well. Like, I think a lot of people would be interested in seeing, you know, World War Three with between the Atlanteans and the Amazonians. Like, oh, yeah. I would rather see a Flashpoint done well than a Justice League 2 at this point. I mean, it kind of would be that, but in just, it's a very mirror mm-hmm. universe kind of way. Yeah. And I, it may not be dead, for sure, but Hamada does yeah. seem to have some agenda that is focusing on the, like, let's tell this character's story. He's probably right. Like, Yeah. I Like, I can get behind that. I mean, tell each character's, like, we've we've been introduced, now you tell each character's story, make that a, a thing we're invested in, and then worry about some team-ups later. Yeah. It, it It's just crazy enough to work, you know? Also, like, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is still going to look like that in 10 years, if that's how long it takes. <laughs> he might. It, he'll still fit in a bat suit, probably. He might. He's looking pretty thin, honestly, on this MTV interview. Yeah, I saw that. I just think he kind of... I think he doesn't really, like, hit the gym every day unless he needs to. And he just kind of stays uh-huh. slim and then he goes and, like, does some protein building kind of thing. I think that's how he rolls. Yeah, maybe so. All right, so this is uh, this has garnered a lot of uh, a lot of petulant little angry faces on Facebook. It cracked me up. Uh, Collider's reporting uh, <laughs> that Warner Brothers has hired Jared Stern to write and direct Super Pets, an animated movie. About the uh, the pets of the DC Comics heroes, and I, and I suppose villains at some point. I don't know if they have pets. I don't remember pets from the villains, but whatever. <laughs> this dude, uh, this dude wrote the Lego Batman movie, the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, he's written Smallfoot, Doctor Ken, Wreck It Ralph, and uh, you know that we we're talking about Crypto the Super Dog, Streaky the Super Cat, Bat Cow, Flexi the Plastic Bird. You know, we got Aquaman, Seahorse, Storm. We've got a uh, Beppo the super ape, Ace the bat hound, obviously. And I don't, I don't want to wind up in the doghouse with any of our listeners. Uh, and I have, I've seen a lot of DC fans online being pretty. I'm sorry, you should petulant. stop talking. But you're already there after that pun. Uh, people are being pretty petulant, Jason, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the whole thing. Uh, all I gotta say is, don't. We're not gonna make me, it bro. to our 500th episode with this kind of stuff. <laughs> Just hold your seahorses. <laughs> don't have a bat cow. That's been fun been fun everyone listening i really appreciate it whoever's still left all three of you <laughs> well i don't care i don't care you're you know it's, it's probably gonna be for kids oh yeah and it'll probably be funny yeah you know teen titans go to the movies is apparently doing pretty well doing just fine are you are you worried to say that you're excited about it because i saw that I'm not excited about no, it. no i saw that and thought oh yes fantastic i knew i thought you would be yeah actually. i I didn't care. I was just like, man, that's cool. I'm not excited about it, but I'm not going to, I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. It didn't piss me off. I'm like, oh, come on. I don't care. No, I was pretty excited. Cool. Super pets. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone's seen like actual pictures of my dogs, I have one that looks vaguely Ace the Bat Houndy and one that looks vaguely uh-huh. uh, Crypto 
mm-hmm. the, the super doggy. Like, I kind of saw that movie and thought, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm about to have a little girl. A few years, I can show her this movie. And then she point at the dogs, and she'll get excited. Like, oh, my God, that's them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got super excited yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's going to do it for our uh, news segment as far as the uh, the movies are concerned. If you'd like to leave us a, a little 500th episode, if the puns didn't put you off so much, 205-259-6331. Leave us a, a little voicemail about whatever you want, really. Uh, we're going to jump into some a, a, a quick DCTV news segment. Um, Gotham, they released the, 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 the first four titles of the of season five. I didn't care about any of them, but see, episode one, which was called Year Zero. Mm-hmm. How much you want to bet that, that the, the first episode takes place over the course of a year? Oh, that would be fun. You think they're doing that? Oh, that sounds like a lot of production. But that would be fun. I'd really like to see that. I would really like to see that as well. I mean, if- that would be, you realize, a 44-minute uh, previously on that would lead to episode two. Uh-huh. That we'd never seen before. If they do it well, I could get behind it. I'm thinking like Year of Hell from Voyager, you know, something like that. Like, shit, Masters of Sex did uh, jumped three ahead three years in one episode. It can be done. And they did it really well. It's it's quite a feat, but they have plenty of time to plan for it, and they know what they're going for. So, I can dig that. Yeah. All right, over to Supergirl, Rona Mitra and Robert Baker, two actors I don't know, are playing Mercy Graves and her dim-witted alien assassinating brother Otis, respectively. And yes, this is Lex's bodyguard Mercy, and Otis, you guessed it, from the Dick Donner Superman. And Supergirl's going to make them siblings, because why not? And once again, they're making sure they're full of Dick. Donner, that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't I care. Like we're going to vilify Please him stop. after a while. <laughs> A guy who brought us so much hope and joy as as children. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> I'm excited about this. Brent Spiner has been cast as Vice President Baker uh, on Supergirl. He's described as inept. Uh, sorry, inept. Adept. That's the opposite. And politically minded. <laughs> really is. <laughs> Makes for an unlikely leader, but steps up in a big way when his country needs him most. So I guess something bad is going to happen to Linda Carter. On the show, well, there's got to be a reveal about her, and mm-hmm. her, her. I know she's returning. Uh, her, her story has yeah. to expand a little bit. To yeah. Wrap that up. But yeah, I'm excited about Brent Spider coming on. He's going to be a recurring character. Uh, I hope it's good. I can't say for sure. I just need more <clears throat> data. Oh God! To be able to, I'm gonna like foley in some slap sounds. <laughs> <laughs> if you can hear it in the background, I think my dog just barked at you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean, so I'm you, loving you know it, you... but somehow I feel the need to punish it. I, I I should just be true to myself. I'm fine with this. You carry carry I on. Know you're fine with this. Carry on. <laughs> How many nights did we, you and I practice what we referred to as punalingus? I know that was fun stuff. <laughs> it was a cunning Director game. Shane Black. It, it was had a lot of fun. <laughs> Director Shane Black is actually wanting. Oh, yeah, this is the guy that did Iron Man three, did the Lethal Weapons, and he says um, he wants to direct an episode of Supergirl or The Flash. He, my, I love his reasoning though. He says you wouldn't want to take a show that already has a style. <laughs> like Homeland wow. is so great. 
Homeland is so great. I love Homeland. But you probably want to take something more like Supergirl. <laughs> wow. He's, he said, actually, one weekend I put it on, and for some reason, over the next two weeks, I watched the first two seasons of Supergirl. And I actually thought, you know, this is pretty entertaining. And The Flash, the same thing. Like, that is like the most backhanded shit I've oh, ever seen. Oh, there's so much shade there. <laughs> there's so much shade. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I don't want to pick a show that has style. I would rather direct a thing that doesn't have I anything. want something kind of new and upcoming, um, like those things on the uh, third and sixth season or whatever they are. Third or fifth? Third no. and fifth? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> so I love this over what on The Flash. Uh, they were doing... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I should know I that off the top of my head and I don't. Sorry. It is. It is It is fourth and fifth. Yeah. That felt more right. Yeah. Over on a round table at SDCC, The Flash... Uh, cast were sitting around talking and um hartler's uh hartley sawyer elongated man ralph dibney mm-hmm. was uh talked about a little a little romance on the show that they all shot down and i love that because you and i always hate the superfluous romance yes yeah, very much and um apparently one of the things that they were going to do is they were going to do caitlin getting with uh ralph dibney and sawyer says people always thought it was going to be a romance because every year caitlin dates the new white guy on the show <laughs> <laughs> he says immediately all of us talked about that and we're like no and then Danielle Panabaker put the kibosh on it quicker than anyone she said no I'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> and she was That's also talking hard. about like oh yeah it was really great to have a year where where Caitlin was not dependent on a man for agency like yeah yes thank you yes I was very appreciative I loved her character so much more Mm-hmm. And um, to like to bottom this out, this this little uh, the DC TV segments here. Um, it's not even news. I just enjoyed it on Danielle Panabaker's Instagram. She did. She had a picture with uh, Grant Gustin and Tom Cavanaugh, and Tom Cavanaugh wore a gray shirt. It had like a little yellow rectangle in it. Inside the rectangle, in reverse, in red, it says Flash. That's fantastic. Yep. Yep. That is pretty fantastic. It's just a mirrored flash. Yep. Red flash. I'm actually Once happy again, for her, though. She's going to get to direct, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, Tom Cavanaugh's directing. Grant Gustin has talked about directing. Like, I kind of hope all of them get to. Yeah. Why not? Well, if they don't want to. No, make them. <laughs> no. Grab the short straw and you get in there and you make those cameras roll, buddy. I don't I don't think they have straws anymore. <laughs> There, borrow some from Jitters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so weird that all that stuff with like straws being outlawed in L.A. is going on too. Because we just went to uh, like me and my sister and my wife, we went um, to Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and we went to a, this little like German ha- uh, German restaurant called the Brew House, and um, the the girl there just like walked up. She's like, "Would you guys like, gives us our drinks?" She's like, "Would you like? Would you guys like straws?" And uh, we were like, "Oh yeah." And we all took them. She's like, "I was just asking because you know I was hoping to save the turtles, but okay." And she like walks away. We're like, "Oh, make us feel like shit now." Wow. Like after we already said yes. She's she's not gonna last long. <laughs> I I didn't know about all that. That's that is yeah. that is a little weird. Apparently the straws are a really really bad thing. I I've I've not seen it. Uh, sounds plausible. What I what I do apparently I mean, know I is that uh, I, I've been helping for years apparently because I just hate them. I hate using them. They just 
flood yeah. my trash cans, which is probably part of the problem. So I, for for a very long time, when I've gone through like a, a drive through and I've been handed a straw for anything, um, I will uh, literally grab the straw, and as they hand me my my debit card back, I'll I'll say like trade you, and and yeah, I, I just I don't even want to throw it away. I just don't want it. Like you just stop giving it to me. Like, <laughs> literally just handing I mean, me trash. I like to chew on straws. Uh, and I, you know, I know this is going to sound bad, but after I'm done with the straw, I like to like throw them at turtles. <laughs> it does sound like now, the blunt end or the sharp end. Are you making it a sharp end with the teeth before you throw it at the turtles? Cause it... Oh no. If anything, I'm just kind of chewing it, making it a little softer. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. More digestible. <laughs> I, I suppose. Okay. Uh huh. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just you want to reprimand us for our, for our <laughs> lack of empathy towards the turtles. Two oh five two five nine six three three one. I, I, I just <laughs> didn't know I was helping him, but I've been refusing those no bastard idea. straws for years. Yeah, decades even. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna do the Jordan. We're gonna we have a Jordan Valdez voicemail. We're gonna do that after the credits. It is super, super, super spoilery. We'll talk about it a little. We're gonna get a little spoilery. I've got some questions for for Jordan. And uh, I guess Jason and I'll probably rattle on about it because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners, a ton of our listeners actually aren't looking to be spoiled on that. They're a little behind on the uh, Tom King Batman run. So we'll, we're going to make it post credits. And um, do, do you have anything else before we do that? Before we jump, we end the show and then go to Jordan? I, I do not recall. Okay. It may be there. All right. I may chime in next week. I don't, I don't recall at the moment. That's fine. We can do that. Anyway, guys, uh, until next week, keep some DC on your screen. Hey there, Dave and Jason. This is Bat Jordan Valdez calling in once again. Uh, talk about my thoughts, I guess, after reading Batman number 50. Um, yeah. So, big spoiler warning here, but, uh, okay, first of all, let me just say, um, on July 4th, when it came out, my phone was blowing up with messages from people being like, are you okay? Okay, so everybody everybody thought I was going to be furious um, or something at the end of this issue, and I wasn't. I wasn't. I actually adored this issue. And uh, uh, let me start. Let me start off by saying that um, I love. I thought it was so fitting that it was another issue featuring love letters between Batman and Catwoman, and just beautifully written love letters between the two of them. I mean, and it's so fitting because when Tom King introduced Catwoman in his run in I Am Suicide, it started with Batman and Catwoman writing love letters to one another in um, issue number ten and issue number twelve, which were referenced in Batman number fifty as well. So I thought that was a beautiful way. I mean, the whole so much of the run has been building up to this wedding and so it sort of felt fitting that the the arc where Catwoman was introduced had love letters and then Batman number 50 the wedding featured love letters too and of course um they were overlaying um this just gorgeous pieces of art from so many different artists um paying homage to the to the Batcat relationship and the history of the Batcat relationship and uh, I actually got uh as I'm recording this Atlanta Comic Con is going on this weekend I'm actually going to head back over there for day two shortly after I finish recording this but uh I met Ty Templeton there yesterday and he signed his page from Batman number 50 for me so that was awesome thought I'd mention that uh but yeah let's talk about the ending the way things wrap up of course I wanted Batman and Catwoman to go through the, with the wedding in this issue so yeah 
there was some disappointment there for me. But here's the thing. Tom King has said that the entirety of his 100-issue run is focused on the Bat-Cat relationship. That's the focus of his entire run. He even reiterated that on Twitter in response to some of my fellow Bat-Cat shippers' concerns over the way issue 50 ending ended. He said, Batman 50 is not the end. This is a 100-issue story documenting and celebrating the love of Batman and Catwoman. Whatever happens, whatever anyone says, nothing's going to spoil that, okay? Tom King sees them as endgame. Um, he's shown over the course of his run that he's a bad cat shipper just like I am, and I really believe that basically I think what's going to happen is Batman and Catwoman are going to discover Bane's conspiracy against them. Obviously, we know this was manipulated um, So uh, based on the way Batman 50 ends. So I think they're going to discover Bane's conspiracy, team up to defeat him, and then finally go through the wedding in, say, maybe issue number 75. So I still fully believe that's going to happen. I think it's just an obstacle, and I can't wait to see what's to come for my OTP um, and for the rest of Tom King's Batman run. Uh, Batcat forever from the first kiss to the last. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. All right, Jordan, dude, I am super happy that you're okay, man. Yeah, I mean, we were worried. I mean, we give you crap, and, you know, everybody else does too. It's a little bandwagoning. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm a little, but still, I was genuinely worried. I was, I was actually worried, yeah. He just seems but so here's my question. stalwart in that direction. And it had, uh, it, I do like that he has some flexibility. I like that he has the flexibility. I like that he still has the hope Yeah. that, uh, that, that Batcat is in-game. But my question is how he feels about the Dan DiDio comments this last, uh, I think, week, where uh, he says, uh, let's see, quote, we're not as interested in a married Batman. We're interested in a story about a Batman who is anticipating being married, trying to live a normal life. We constantly go back to the Batman family, the level of tragedy that's been thrown at them and what drives them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reality is Bat- a married Batman is an Elseworlds Batman to me. They did that in Earth 2. We've done those stories, and people who anticipated that all said the same thing. Did you really think Superman was going to stay dead after Superman 75? It looks like Dadia is not as not at all interested. No, and there's literally like tons the, more the co-publisher stuff. is basically just saying, absolutely not, sorry. So, it yeah, it sounds like Tom King, that might be in-game for Tom King, but Dadia is not having it, is what it sounds like. Uh, here's the thing, though. If King sells, justify it. Ah, screw it. Mm-hmm. Undo it later. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, also, I, I, I know what might be said by some. Yeah, he would say that. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. I just wonder what Jordan's thoughts are on mm-hmm. on that. That's all I'm saying. I've got no dog in the fight. I'm all right if he's with Talia. I like him with Catwoman. I like him alone. He's Batman. <laughs> he can do anything as long as they give him a. Re- as long as, I mean, look, if you go by the comics continuity, he's already been married to Catwoman. They lived a full life together. They had a daughter named Helena. She died. No, no, she didn't die. She was the huntress. He died. They both died in no, uh, the, the Golden Age, I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the opposite of that. If I wasn't worried about any kind of SEO, I'd probably name the episode the opposite of that at this point. <laughs> we've we've been down that road a couple times, sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's, uh, you know, he was he became like commissioner and then like mayor or some crap. And then there was like a fire at the Batman Museum. <laughs> I don't remember all the, the, the details, but Something like we've that. done yeah. this dance. Yeah, yeah we've done this dance. Before and then they just rebooted. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I prefer Spider Man married. I prefer Cyclops doesn't, and Jean married. Yeah, but it doesn't. Not it him cheating on her with Emma Frost in a fundamental way. The thing that Tom King it did doesn't. really well about this was, uh, especially the Catwoman Joker conversation. Like Joker's point is, he's just not. He's not Batman if he's happy. Like that's his whole point. And like even Catwoman kind of agrees with him a little bit. Yeah, but 
just because he's happy with Catwoman doesn't mean that he's happy. Period. I know. I'm sure I, he's still. I hope they explore just, that. Like I hope there's just there's something because, to that where like it's uh bringing it into the family of you know he like it, even his uh his his wards and his uh, mentees or mentees whatever you call them uh mm-hmm. he's. He loves them. Like he doesn't always show it in the right ways, and he's gotten actually better. I think in the the last few years on the books showing right. it. But mm-hmm. like I think they're trying to make him a little more emotive and a little more relatable that way. But and I dig that. It's actually been kind of fun to watch him open up a little bit and kind of yeah. Uh, but he still hates the rest of them. Like he still hates right. what's happening in Gotham. <laughs> like I like to think that mid coitus Batman looks over at this creepy portrait of his parents and sheds a tear. You know. <laughs> Like, if only mom, mom and dad, if only you were here for me right now. <laughs> oh. It, like, continuity-wise, that feels like a moment that would require a lot of of unraveling by a qualified therapist. And I would like to think that... It, that what about Batman's life wouldn't? <laughs> I know, but that's the, that's the thing you have to buy into with him, is that he's gone through all the training, you know? That he can compartmentalize on some supernatural level. Uh huh. Other than that, it's just it's a loony and a cape, you know. <laughs> We're just time hasn't run out on this inexplicable tale of of Don Quixote esque <coughs> freaking exploits. Exploits, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I I think I said this before though. I swear, like it it uh, Jordan's right. It was really it was amazing to see like some of the um. God, like uh, some of the love letters were fantastic, and I loved like every time you turned the page, it was a different style. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a real love letter to everyone who loved those characters. I loved it, but honestly, some of the, like one of the most touching things in there was that moment between him and Alfred it was just oh, that was so good. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if man, a, a good Bruce and Alfred scene will take me a long way. It, it put a tear in my. No, you know that covers a multitude of sins. It it put a tear in my man. I think that's why Dark Knight Rises got like a you know a better reception than it should have. It was just <laughs> there were a couple of really good scenes with Alfred <laughs> and Bruce. Yeah, Kane just really sold it, and you thought, okay, well, I guess it's good. No. Also, if there isn't like a, already a Wikipedia page for Batcat, uh, <laughs> Jordan needs to write it. Absolutely, dude. Just go ahead, uh, go ahead and sign up as a contributor. Um, uh-huh. Knock that thing out. Do it. And I, I, I wish I had the time, resources, and especially talent to, like, take one of the iconic uh, Batcat images from, the like, the 49 through, or 45 through 50 kind of lead up mm-hmm. and, and get him a t-shirt that had that. And then the, like, X-Files font, I believe, over the top of it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I wish that for him. I, I can't manifest it, though. I have not the Photoshop right. skills. Photoshop? Photoshop skills. I guess it would be Photoshop in this case, though, it right? It would be Photoshop. That, that's the whole process I was Photoshop. just talking about. You Photoshop it, you textile it, Photoshipping. <laughs> also, like you're saying, yeah, like, it's two images I really want together. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you got anything else, man? I think I'm spent. I, think I'm, I really did enjoy that run, man. I, I like, I'm, I'm staying on. I'm not, I didn't just ended after like batman 51 was fantastic uh i catwoman one was pretty pretty fucking great like i i've, I've enjoyed myself and i'll get to it one day i'm not i'm not tapping on either of those i mean ooh. like the premise of uh batman 51 is bruce wayne gets called to jury duty and it's mr freeze on trial and the the person who's like 
the major contention of his trial and prosecution is prosecution is that uh, it was mostly Batman's evidence that brings him in, and like Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne gets to sit there and judge that whole situation. That's interesting. It's it's pretty great, and it Someone... incorporates like a little bit of the aspect of like you remember like the the whole line about like there's a whole new meaning in him. Yeah, pull some of that in. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. That's really cool. And I'm gonna keep you up to date. See if you're still interested. I, I'm interested. I'll get to it eventually. I know. As you know, maybe. So why not spoil things for you though? When I can okay. help it. <laughs> yeah. Well, things happen. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I've got it. I've got to talk about this. Well, yeah. Sometimes you got to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Anyway, we're out. Yep. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you-